Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok. If it's your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. You are so welcome. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. I hope y'all had a great week this week. If it was your last week of summer, I'm so sorry. That is so fucked up, and you do not deserve to go back to school or work. You really don't. I, I'm I, like, I'll talk to the manager on your behalf. How dare you have to go back to school? That's fucked up. But yeah, I hope you had a good and productive week. I had my 22nd birthday this week. It was good. My birthday, the actual day, the 16th, was a little bit boring. Um, my man's like went on a trip with his friends that day, so I did not see him. My, a lot of my friends were like really busy. And yeah, it was like a really chill day. I just hung out with my family, but I did stuff with my family for like two days. And then my man was back yesterday. So we did stuff yesterday and it was really fun. He got me the cutest gift for my birthday. He got me like a box of like assorted gifts, but they were like the perfect gifts for me. They made me smile so hard and like laugh so hard because the gifts were like a little weird, but they were like what I would want exactly. Like, he got me, like, a Nicki Minaj prayer candle. And he just moved into a new apartment. So we, like, saged his house with the Nicki Minaj prayer candle. And I've always wanted one of those, but they were so expensive. And I'm, like, frugal. Like, I don't usually buy celebrity merch like that. So I was so happy that he bought me one. Like, I finally have one. Um, he got me a Chromatica bag. the Like, a Chromatica ball bag. Because I didn't get to go to the Chromatica ball because it was so fucking expensive. It just felt like an irresponsible waste of money like the horrible seats were like $400 so I just wasn't doing that but he got me a really cool bag and now I'm happy I have Gaga and Nikki merch and he got me poppers if you know what that is you know if you don't it's okay (laughs) and he got me Stan's donuts and I've been like craving donuts as you heard in my previous podcast so and a few other things and it was just like such a cute gift and we had such a fun day so yeah I had a pretty good birthday thank you all for the birthday wishes and posting Y'all put such a smile on my face on my birthday, and I appreciate you guys so much for doing that. Let's get into what we're going to talk about this episode. So, Demi Lovato has a new boyfriend, and oh my god, you need to hear about him. He's so interesting. And she has a warning to all people who are wanting to be child stars. Then we're going to talk about Kanye West and his newest scandal with selling his clothes out of trash bags in stores. We're going to get into that, and then a feud with someone he's having right now. And then we're going to talk about the horrible dismantlation of, is that even a word, dismantlation of Addison Ray's family. It's so sad and really depressing, but it's like real. So like on some Jerry Springer shit. So we're going to talk about that before we get into it. Rate this podcast five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, leave a cute little review. Screenshot yourself, post, um, screenshot yourself listening to it, post it on your Instagram story and tag me and I will hit y'all up. And yeah, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Pop Culture University. Take your seats. Class is in session. Just break. Break. 
Y'all, Nicki Minaj is really trying hard for that number one this week for Super Freaky Girl. And she deserves it. It's a great song. I would love to see her get that. She's going up against some hard-ass competitors, though, as it was by Harry Styles and Break My Soul by Beyonce. That's like final level bitch, boss level competitors. So if she gets a number one this week, it'll be very impressive. She's really doing the most. She's released two other versions of the song. She's taking a play out of Lil Nas X's book to get a number one. She released the Roman remix version, where apparently she dissed Megan Thee Stallion. I haven't really gotten into all that, though. But apparently she dissed Hot Girl Meg. I don't really like that. I don't really like the big uh, rap girls coming for each other. And she released the acapella version of Super Freaky Girl. What? Why? Like, does... Is that even a thing? Like, do rap songs even have acapella versions? Like, I thought acapella was singing, but whatever. I'm happy for her. I hope she gets a number one. Let's talk about Kanye West. So Kanye West is in another scandal for his creative mind, his creative force. And this time is for his Easy Gap collection that he is exclusively selling out of trash bags at Gap stores. So like in the middle of a Gap store, there is a bunch of trash bags that... Are his display, that's what he wanted. And customers have to dig through the trash bags to find this item that they want from his collection. He's selling like sweatshirts and shirts and, you know, the normal Yeezy Gap stuff. But they're in no particular order. They're just thrown in the trash bag as if they were literally just thrown in there. And in no size order, you just have to dig and dig until you find it. And he doesn't want the sales associates to help the customers find their size. He wants them to have to dig through the bags to find the right fit for them. And that's like a part of the experience that he wants to give to people. He was actually mad. A sales associate at one of the Gap stores told some outlet that Kanye was mad when they were trying to help people and mad that they were starting to put his stuff on hangers so people could buy it easier. That's not the experience he wants to serve. He wants to give the... His, like, mission with this, he said, was that he wants to make, like, buying clothes and wearing certain clothes and brands less pretentious and more informal, which I kind of get. A lot of clothing, I mean, is a status symbol. A lot of people will weaponize clothing as a status symbol and make other people feel bad for what they don't wear. I've, like, definitely experienced that even in my life, like, going to a community where, like, where I live, it's, like, there's, um, like, higher middle-class family than lower middle-class families and there's kind of like a gap for for sure in some of the neighborhoods like even neighborhoods right next to each other will look drastically different so people would wear certain things to school and you know they would walk around like they were like a little better or just a little more affluent than you so I totally get his messaging especially with like he said he's inspired by homeless people so I get the messaging of wanting to make wearing clothing less pretentious and i think that's cool i'm an innovator and i'm not here to sit up and apologize about my ideas this is like 
not a joke. This is not a game. This is not just some celebrity collaboration. This is my life. You know, I'm, I'm fighting for a position to be able to change clothing and bring the best design to the people. I feel like Kanye kind of has been doing that with his monochromatic, like there's no really like logo on his stuff. And I appreciate that message. I think it's cool. But people are offended, as they always are. People do not like this. People think that him doing these trash bag displays and making it so like hard to find the items is kind of like insensitive to homeless people who constantly carry around their clothes in a trash bag. Someone said Balenciaga and Kanye's fetish with the homeless as fashion muses. It's everything what's wrong with billionaires. They no longer see the plight of people. They don't see humans that are suffering. They see opportunities to be edgy and profit from it. That's disgusting. I totally get what that person is saying. I think this is like, there's no way Kanye can like excuse that he is a billionaire selling these clothes to middle-class people kind of taking inspiration from the homeless. There's definitely always going to be that disconnect just because of Kanye's status and privilege that he has at this point in his life. I wish almost he did more to sell the homeless image because it is coming across as a little bit just trying to be edgy right now with like, don't help the people find their clothes and, you know, just making Gap stores look like trash dumps. Um, I, maybe he could have like hired homeless people and given them jobs for the photo shoots or actually given proceeds back to homeless people or just done more to sell his idea if he really wanted to make a difference in that sense. So I totally get what people are saying, but I also get what Kanye's saying. He actually... Um, responded to those criticisms head on and he said i'm an innovator and i'm not here to sit up and apologize for my ideas that's exactly what the media tries to do make us apologize for any idea that doesn't fall under exactly what they want us to think this is not a joke this is not a game this is not just a celebrity collaboration this is my life i'm fighting for a position to be able to change clothing and bring the best design to people so yeah i think I like his idea. I wish it was more fully executed. I think he is making a nice little like social stance and statement. But if he really recognizes his position, he would do a lot more than just make like one of his lines in trash bags. And one of his lines kind of like represent that less pretentious clothing wear style. So I think Kanye needs to build on this idea and it could be really good. And maybe take he should take this public criticism as just, like, constructive criticism. In other news, Kanye West has lost another friend. But I'm not the only friend you've lost lately. If only you weren't so shady. As Taylor Swift said, she was right. Kanye West is losing friends left and right. And this time, it is Kid Cudi. They have been having beef for a little bit. If you don't know Kid Cudi, he is a hip-hop artist. He is extremely famous and he's like best friends with pete davidson so kanye and king cutter used to be like bffs they would respect each other so much and their music and would think that each other are geniuses and collaborate all the time and they really had like an amazing friendship going on and that was until kim started dating pete and kid cutty stayed friends with pete Kanye West is so fucking petty he's literally like a seventh grade girl he was like no nah, pick a side me or pete He's dating my girl. Like, you you divorced. It's been a long time. Pete is going to go after Kim. It's insane. But anyway, so right after that, Kanye and Kid Cudi, who were like the best friends of life, 
split up and Kanye was going to put Kid Cudi on down to two. But he publicly said that he will no longer be on the album because Cudi is friends with you know who. He won't even say Pete's name. And then Kid Cudi hit back at Kanye by calling him a fucking dinosaur and saying that he didn't want to be on the album anyway. And then he said, everyone knows I've been the best part about your album since I met you. I'm going to pray for you, brother. That's insane. Then he said, I just want my friend back. The knife just goes in deeper. They, like, that quote, think of the pettiest person you know. It's a man, isn't it? They are exemplifying that right now. This is the craziest feud to me. They're just so immature. Like, this didn't have to happen. I mean, it's definitely Kanye's fault, but this just didn't have to happen. And then it even got worse because Kanye dropped out of his Rolling Loud set. Um, I forgot even why. I think there was, like, creative differences. But Kanye just dropped out of the Rolling Loud set two weeks before he was supposed to headline. And then guess who his replacement was to headline? Kid Cudi. And then Cudi got hit with a water bottle on stage and fans kept throwing bottles at him. So he walked off the stage halfway through the set. And didn't finish his show. Probably Kanye fans. Because the Kanye fans, I don't know if you guys know this, some of the most vicious fans are the Kanye fans. He definitely garners like a really unhealthy fan base, like a toxic-ass fan base. The poor people in Kanye's life, they must have to deal with so much toxicity. I just realized that now. Like, Kim really had to deal with a lot from him. But his fans are insane. Like, his fans are the ones who, like, send me death threats and stuff. For anything I say about him. Like, when I, like, helped make that rumor about him being with Jeffree Star. Ooh! I literally probably, like, got doxxed and didn't even, like, realize it. But, yeah, the Kanye fans probably threw water bottles at Kid Cudi. And then once Kanye and Kim broke up, we know Kanye posted that fake newspaper with the headline, Skeet Davidson found dead at age 28. And then at the bottom of the paper in smaller font, it says, Kid Cudi was supposed to perform at the funeral, but he was afraid of bottle throwers. Kanye is, is a level five petty bitch. Won the gold medal in it. Worse than Regina George. Insane. Truly, his mind, being in his mind, would be, like, so... Just such, like, a not safe space. Like, that would be... I do not want to experience that. Anyway, Kid Cudi was in a magazine this week, and he opened up in the interview about his end of relationship with Kanye. And he said that it would take a motherfucking miracle for them to be on good terms again. And then he was kind of talking about how pissed off he was at Kanye for making all of his fans hate him. Like, Kanye literally told all his fans to, like, yell at Pete Davidson in the street and say, Kimmy forever and, like, beat Pete Davidson up. And so Kanye's fans are really powerful. And he basically let his fans go bully Kid Cudi. So Kid Cudi said, do you know how it feels to wake up one day, look at your social media, and you're trending because somebody's talking shit about you? And then you got this person's trolls sending you messages on Instagram and Twitter, all in your comments? That shit pisses me off that he had the power to fuck with me like that, that he uses his power to fuck with me. That pissed me off. You fucking with my mental health now, bro. How he, and then he continued and said, he does it over and over. I'm not one of your kids. I'm not Kim. It doesn't matter if I'm friends with Pete or not. None of this shit has anything to do with me. And he's absolutely right. I mean, Kid Cudi is definitely the level-headed person in this argument. And kind of like, I feel like how we would all respond to something like this, just not talk to Kanye anymore, not deal with him, and be really feeling unsafe and offended by Kanye attacking you like this. Kid Cudi is handling it the best that he possibly can, and he's making all the sense and making Kanye look dumb like he is. But then Kid Cudi kind of changed his tone 
And he finished by saying, the twisted thing is, is that I love him, but I love him so much that I can kick him the fuck out of my life and be done with his ass. Because you're not good for me. This whole thing must be really sad for Kid Cudi admitting that he used to love Kanye and having such a beautiful relationship to kind of seeing the whole thing just fall apart and how quickly Kanye can turn on him like that because he literally did, did nothing to Kanye. He just had a friend with someone else who was with his ex-wife. That's truly not enough of a reason, in my opinion, especially because they waited like 10 months to even date Kim and Pete. And it's not like Kid Cudi and Pete like just became friends at that time. They've been like lifelong friends. So I feel like... Kid Cudi really did nothing and it must have been really sad for him to see his relationship fall apart and really tough for him to let Kanye go like that or keep him at kind of a distance. So I think he handled it in a really empowering way and it's definitely an example of how to handle people like Kanye in your life. So what can we learn from this about our own lives is that I think that you can still love people but also know that they're not good for you and not see them all the time. It takes a lot of strength in that to kind of learn how to keep people at the right distance and it can be very hard and you want them to be really close to you but not too close where they overwhelm you and are toxic for you and bad for you but not too far and just completely give up on them because that could be easy to just give up on them but it's strong to just hold them at the right distance because you don't want to lose them distance between two people doesn't have to be an obstacle it can be the strongest thing for a relationship so i think that we can learn to just find the right distance for everyone at our lives in our lives and you can't change the people around you but you can change how close they are to you definitely a lesson about dictating the distance between you and other people in your life and kind of calibrating that for each individual person You guys, Demi Lovato has a new boyfriend. I know. I'm so excited for her. Good for her. Um, Let's, you know, get information about him as good girlfriends do. So his name is Jute Dollar Sign. Maybe it's Jutes. Maybe like when Kesha was like Kesha, but with the dollar sign. But Kesha dropped her dollar sign. So maybe maybe she gave the dollar sign to him. But it's J-U-T-E dollar sign. Wait, let me go find how old he is. Wait, this is so important. I wonder if Google will like recognize Jute dollar sign. Um, oh, God. It's, there's a fucking grass fiber called Jute. Hold on. Google was like, jute is a long, soft, shiny, bast fiber. Bitch. Oh, my God. That took me so long to find. But he's 23. So a bit of an age gap going on. She's, I think she just turned 30 this week. And now he is 23. Okay, dummy. A little bit younger, but nothing weird about that. But you guys, he is a tall, white, lanky, tattooed boy. So Demi is totally on trend. It's a, it's a tall, white, lanky, tattooed boy summer, apparently. First, we have Pete Davidson, then Travis Barker, then Machine Gun Kelly. Now, Jutes, 
they're literally carbon copies of each other. Like his whole body is covered in tattoos. I never thought that would be the beauty standard ever. I could have never predicted this. I also never thought the BBL trend would go away. But now here we are. Times are just a changing, I guess. Apparently, their relationship is really happy and healthy, and he's a super great guy, so we love that. He's a singer-songwriter in the punk pop space, perfect for Demi's new album, Holy Fuck. So she's really method acting for this new album. She's really, you know, immersing herself into the punk punk pop rock space. Something else about Jutes that they have in common, Jute dollar sign is 100 days sober. So just like Demi, is that a good idea to have like a relationship with someone who else is recently sober or is that maybe like living on the edge i feel like you could enable each other but also disable each other and like enable each other to relapse so let's hope that does not happen but i feel like that could be empowering like because no one better to support you than someone who knows exactly what you're going through so you know hopefully that works out for them Jutes about his sobriety said it took a really long time to be ready but i've never felt better mentally and emotionally if you're dealing with shit right now that feels never ending just know nothing lasts forever oh that's actually really cute like i bet they're at dinner like encouraging each other and just like supporting each other like every night and you know that they go out or like every day that's so cute demi's lax last ex that she got engaged to during quarantine was such a bitch i hated him max irich ingrich or whatever He was such a tool and Demi broke up with him, called off their engagement because she realized that he was just using her for fame and clout and was wanting to like get in on her deals and be on her social media more. And she wanted her to promote. He wanted her to promote his shit. What an asshole. We don't have room for clout chasers. And Max, I like see his posts on Twitter and Instagram. He's the biggest tool. He's trying to like be an OnlyFans creator or something. And his posts are just... Like, they're embarrassing in a way that's, like, how a 13-year-old boy would post on Instagram trying to look hot. It's that kind of cringy and embarrassing. His captions are, like, if you were here right now, like, if this was your POV, like, what would you do? It's He's so embarrassing. He's still trying to get clout and climb up the ladder to get fame or whatever. And I'm so happy Demi is done with him and with Jute Dollar Sign, who is much better for her. He, like, supports her on social media And with her new album release this week, he said, Sheesh, the best voice in the game by a lot. You killed it. My rock star, Demi Lovato. Substance on Jimmy Fallon last night. Grateful to be a part of this one. P.S. You're fucking hot. And Demi Demi replied, You are with two heart eye emojis. Thank you so much, baby. Uh, It's so like weird seeing people in relationships like show their PDA. Because people are different in the way that they act with their friends. And then how they like show love to their significant other and how they just do their PDA and affection. It's so, uh, like, I hate reading that. You are. Thanks, baby. Ew. Keep that to yourself. Text each other that. I don't know. I hate seeing comments like that. But I would do the same thing, to be honest. But anyway, I listened to Demi's new album. It's really intense. I didn't think it would be this rock. It's barely even on on the pop scale. It is rock. One of the songs I almost had to turn off because I was like, damn, this is heavy metal. I didn't expect Demi to go that hard, but good for Demi. She really like leaned into it. She proved that this wasn't a gimmick that she was doing to get more attention or streams with the whole I'm pop punk now and the like cross album cover where she's wearing spikes and BDSM stuff and it looks really demonic. The music and content of the album really lived up to what she was promoting. So if you really want 
a pop punk rock album. Go listen to this album, especially the song 29. Oh my God. We got a little snippet last week, but you guys, this song 29 is so good. It's like the best diss track I've ever heard about someone's ex in my life. She destroyed Wilder Valderrama, ended him. He is over. This song is like bloody because it it gets him so hard. So if you don't know, Wilmer, when they started dating, they were dating for six years and Demi was 18 when they officially started dating, but they were like friends and he was like grooming her from the time she was 17. And he was 29. So 12 years older in the song. She calls him out for how fucked up that is. And it's such a poetic song because now Demi's 29. (laughs) She was waiting for this one. Now Demi's 29 and this lyrics go, finally 29, just like you were at the time. And she goes, I'm finally 29 and 17 would never cross my mind. And I, oh, oh my God, because she's so right. That's crazy. I'm 22 and 17 would never cross my mind. Putting yourself in her shoes, what a mind fuck going from being the 17-year-old in the relationship with a 29-year-old and then being 29 and looking back and being like, oh my God, I'm finally 29 and 17 would never cross my mind that's when you realize how fucked up that is. I don't know if that's ever happened to you guys, like being in an age gap relationship like that. And then you're finally at the other age and you look back and you're like, Oh my God, like the, what were they thinking? I would have never done that. Or, you know, it can be hard to blame yourself too, if you're the younger one. So I'm glad Demi kind of took back the power with this one. And she called them out even more. She goes, you're quite the collector. You're 12 years, her elder, because now Wilmer is married to someone with kids and she's 12 years older than his wife. So clearly Wilmer has a type or maybe some, fantasy or fetish that he should really not be having he loves that unfair power dynamic and that toxic relationship and just having something over the other person and i'm surprised they haven't gotten in more trouble for that but he clearly likes being the one in charge so i'm so happy demi called him out demi's also giving some advice to people who want to be child stars and her advice was simply don't become child stars if you want to for many reasons, she thinks the whole industry is a really dark place for a child, and she would never recommend anyone to do that until they were 18. She said that you're too young to face that kind of public scrutiny, and you need to give yourself a childhood away from the spotlight. The quote says, in your teens, people who aren't in the spotlight are still trying to figure themselves out. They're going to parties, they're making mistakes, and it's like, if you're a 15-year-old and you're making mistakes, it's magnified. My reason why is that you don't have a sense of who you are, honestly, until your 20s. But I couldn't have been able to comprehend those words at that time. I was just in a position where everything I did was under a microscope. And so finding myself was under a microscope as well. And she said if she had kids and they wanted to get into the industry, she would not let them until they were 18. 
this is a really interesting mindset. Not something that I've really heard anyone say before. Usually when people say if they like celebrities would let their kids get into the industry or not, it's usually just yes or no, or I think it's a dark place for everyone, or if they have the right people around them, I think it's okay. I've never really heard anyone say that they would let them, but not until they're 18. I think that's very unique, and I totally get where Demi's coming from, especially with the experience that she's had in the industry, giving everything that she's went through, and kind of that dynamic she had with her parents because of that. Like, thinking about it, she was the breadwinner in the family, so she got to find herself with all this money, and under public scrutiny at the same time. But with that money, she could, you know, do all these drugs and get in all these problems that she was getting in and her parents really couldn't stop her. The same thing happened with like Justin Bieber. Like he was really young and he was the breadwinner for his family. So he was, you know, uh, drag racing um, cars in Miami. That's what he went to jail for and doing all these drugs when he was really young and his parents couldn't stop him. So maybe Demi as a, like at this age now, as someone who could have kids soon, doesn't want their kid to end up in that power dynamic with her and make bad decisions like that to in really crazy scale. So I totally understand that. I think that's valid advice from Demi, but at the same time, there's a lot of child stars who found themselves and it was kind of like beautiful seeing them find themselves in the public eye under the, the age of 18. I'm talking about Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift. They all got really famous before the age of 18 and I think they had really impactful art before that time because they were in that in-between period of trying to understand who they were and they helped a lot of people get through that period of their life with their music and their movies and their presence in you know our lives speaking of Olivia's album we have like Brutal on there and Teenage Breakups and Heartache and Billie Eilish all the she talks about all the insecurities and anxieties you have growing up. And I think if Billy wasn't in that state, other people wouldn't have been helped from her art. And Billy even like looks back at her old interviews and she's like, Oh God, like I was so young. That wasn't really who I am now, but it's funny to look back, but also still cringy at the same time. So I think it's good that Billy like embraces the cringe and she's like, yeah, I was still finding myself, but it's kind of cute. And that's kind of just where I am now. And she doesn't seem to have any regrets about that. So scrutiny and mistakes are really unpleasant and uncomfortable. But you shouldn't be so scared to go through those things that you like desperately try to avoid them or not even try. Yeah, you may slip up in the public eye, but you won't grow if you don't even try. So I think Demi's advice is really good. And I think it's just important to have really good people around you during that time and to keep you grounded and sane and on the right path that I think Taylor Swift had with her family and her parents that she's always been so close to. And Billie Eilish, I mean, she creates music with her brother and she's with her mom every single day as her documentary showed. So as long as that happens, I think it's safe to let someone pursue their dreams before the age of 18. So I wouldn't say hold back your passion for years just because of scrutiny you could face. So what can we learn from this? I think embracing your mistakes wherever at any point in your life for us is really important and embracing the cringe is really important and that finding yourself is great but the journey to finding yourself could be just as beautiful so embrace every part along that journey to finding yourself and embrace every mistake along the way and if you see a video or something you did a few years ago and that's totally not you anymore it is completely okay because that version of you helped you get to the version of you that you are today and it might be real uncomfortable to look back at that but you have to find that kind of like warmness and love for that past form 
of you in your heart and like thank them for the growth that they were going through to get you to who you are today. You have to experiment and try new things in life and you may make mistakes and come across some scrutiny, but that's how you grow. And as long as you have a center balance and always, you know, find your way back home, as Hannah Montana says, it's a good thing. And trying new things and failing is better than never trying and putting yourself out there at all. You guys, the craziest story I want to talk about today is that Addison Ray's whole family is literally falling apart. It's the saddest, most depressing thing I've ever seen. The family is crumbling. Fame truly destroyed them. I feel like fame doesn't uh, change who you are. It reveals who you are. And this family is revealing that they are just pieces of trash. So if you guys don't know, Addison Ray, you know, she was one of the first really, really big TikTokers that got mega famous a-list famous off of tiktok she was friends with the kardashians the met gala in netflix movies like the world was really her oyster after tiktok and her family kind of got famous together because she would make family videos that helped her blow up her mom and her dancing and her family in them her brother and her dad and they all kind of got famous together and they grew together but fame is not hitting them all the same the mom and the dad are completely changing and not being the parents they should be now that they have received this fame. So Addison seems to be doing fine. You know, she's working on her album. She's working on Netflix movies, but her dad is wild and out with Nick Cannon, even worse than Nick Cannon. Her dad, Monty Lopez. If you don't already know, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast. He left her mom, Sherry Easterling. Sherry Easterling is the mom. Monty left Sherry for a younger woman and Monty was exposed for being in a relationship with his younger woman who was 20 years old and an influencer. So younger than his own daughter who looks similar to his daughter. And there were always rumors about Monty trying to get with girls, his daughter's age at Hollywood parties. So he used his daughter's fame to get girls her age. Oh, ew. So nasty. Put him in jail. Anyway, he was known to do that. And eventually, Sherry Easterling divorced Monty Lopez. So they were totally broken up. Fame has literally led to their divorce. Like, that is the reason they broke up. That is so sad. And Addison even unfollowed her dad on social media because he was so cringy. And um, hello, he was exposed for dating a 20-year-old. That was reason number one. But not only that, he just wants fame. And he was doing things on social media that screamed, please look at me, being a pick-me. He was calling paparazzi to videotape him after he would walk out of restaurants and he would get into an Uber or something with like five young girls and think he looked like Hugh Hefner or some kind of pimp. So embarrassing. And he would like challenge Bryce Hall and other influencers to boxing matches and like flex his muscles on the camera. And just the, like the number one, like he should win a streamy for the most embarrassing man on TikTok. So disgusting. So he totally exposed himself. He's a piece of trash. Divorced his wife. S- daughter unfollowed him. 
Who knows if he even talks to his sons anymore. Monty Lopez was truly destroyed by fame. And he was probably on drugs, to be honest. Not to, like, throw that rough accusation out there. But allegedly, people would say they would see him do cocaine at parties, shove the booger sugar up his nose. And I believe it. Because only drugs could lead to someone doing such demonic things with their life for views on TikTok. But now, even the mother, Sherry Easterling, is doing some embarrassing things on tiktok she's ruining it for everyone edison's like both of her parents are just going down the drain it's so sad to watch this for edison and edison's been real quiet through this whole thing she doesn't really talk about it obviously she's not gonna like publicly address that but she's been quiet in every sense and i just hope she's doing okay and like in therapy and coping with this i feel so bad for her anyway her mom sherry is flirting with younger guys now i know so annoying why couldn't she just be the normal parent you know it'd be nice to have one not fame whore parent but she's flirting with young gravy yeah and i'm not joking she's literally flirting wants him she wants young gravy damn gravy you so vicious you so clean so delicious no not even a viral tiktok sound and money is gonna get me to be with young gravy i'm sorry and now Young Gravy is going on an interview saying that he wants Addison Ray's mom and that they're going on a date soon and that he likes MILFs and MILFs are an underserviced community, which is kind of funny. And I guess there's nothing wrong with liking MILFs if you are an appropriate age. But no, like, what? this is so embarrassing for Sherry Easterling. And apparently, so they're going on a date soon and now they're making TikToks back and forth, like flirting with each other. And this has led Addison Ray to now unfollow her mom. She's literally had to like put both of her parents in a corner and for them to go think about what they did. She is fully the adult in this situation. And I like how we were just talking about how kids can get derailed by fame at a young age. These adults can get derailed by fame at a young age. And Addison is now the parent. Addison is the one that has seemingly stayed humble and normal. And didn't Addison Ray just have a Snapchat show about her going back to Louisiana to remember her roots and remember who she was with her family back at home in Louisiana? The parents should go back there. They should make a Snapchat show with Monty and Sherry going back to Louisiana to remember who they are. And they should then send Monty to Beyond Scared Straight because he's going to go to jail. He's insane. So after Edison followed her mom, she put the um, comment on her Instagram post. She said, heart-wrenching. Uh, yeah, maybe you should think about what you're doing before your daughter rightfully distances herself from you publicly. Or maybe she just doesn't want to see you and the dad fight on social media because, oh my God, Oh my God, you need to see these DMs that her dad is responding to people. Well, no, sorry, not DMs, comments. Monty Lopez is responding to comments about his daughter and ex-wife, Sherry. First of all, he said he wants to box Young Gravy now. He wants to literally box Young Gravy. He said he's talking trash about his wife and embarrassing him. And he wants to get in the ring probably for money to fight Young Gravy. Come on, come on. Come hey, what do you think? Hey, what do you think about Young Gravy uh, talking to Sherry Nicole, Monty? Look, I got something for Young Gravy, man. He likes to talk a lot of smack and he's talking trash. But let's tell him, look, Jake Paul just backed his fight up. Let's get it in as a ring. Let's get in the ring and send some of it like men. Look, you like apples? How you like them apples? Oh, come wow. on, come on, little gravy. Hey, Open you, your mouth so I can shut it. Are you serious, Monty? You get in the ring with them? You know I will. 
And I just know Young Gravy would beat his ass no matter how hard he flexes his muscles on TikTok. And that video was so embarrassing when he was flexing. He looked like a ninja turtle. I don't even know how to describe it. He just looked like what it would look like if a turtle flipped on his back and couldn't get up. Like, that's what Monty Lopez looks like. Someone responded to his TikTok of him wanting to fight Young Gravy and said, you're just mad. And he said, hard no. Someone else said, Sherry isn't yours anymore. And he said, thank God. Someone else said, why did you cheat on Sherry? He said, we've been apart. Someone else said, bro's mad because he got cheated on and now she moved on from him. He just put laughing faces. This is the one, you guys. Brace yourself. Someone said, he about to blow her back. Saying that Young Gravy's about to blow out Sherry Easterling's back. And Monty responds, LOL, I've been doing that for 22 years. Had to trade her in. What? You're saying that about the mother of your children? Your wife that you've been together for over a decade? How dare you? How dare you? Someone put him in handcuffs right now. How embarrassing of him. I would never... No one should ever, ever, ever talk about someone like that. When you have young kids out there, Addison Ray's brother, their son is like less than 15. What is possessing Monty Lopez to say these things? He should be ashamed of himself. That is deplorable, disgusting. Why would you say trade her in as if that's not the woman you used to love? Like, what in it? The most embarrassing man of the year, truly. TikTok needs to take away his account, just like they do to everyone else's once a week. Horrible. Someone else said, Sherry don't want yo ass, Monty. She's happily baking cookies with her new man. And Monty said, she doesn't cook. What? Are you trying to, like, diss your wife for not cooking? Like, are you too? This is so sad for everyone involved who is in connection with Monty Lopez. These grown-ass men get one taste of fame and they don't know how to act. They have all these vices at their fingertips like drugs and young girls and attention. And this is what they do. They turn on their family. How sad and embarrassing. Tana Mojo got involved and she commented and said, I'm calling the police. Please, please patch the line. Dial 911. He needs it. Monty responded, about your body count? What? You're going to shame a young woman about her body count. So now you're being sexist and slut shaming. And now in a literal feud with a famous influencer who is 30 years younger than you. He said, if Tana called the cops, they will take her away for her count. And then he put a poll on his Instagram story with a video. Do you think Tana Mojo's body count is above or below 300? This man is unhinged. He's having a full Britney Spears 2007 breakdown. He's having a full Charlie Sheen. I'm winning. Winning. No, he's literally Charlie Sheen. Breakdown. This is the most embarrassing set of actions I've ever seen. I'm disgusted even talking about him. I'm embarrassed for Addison Rae. I have major secondhand embarrassment that it is almost making me want to melt and spontaneously combust. That poor family. Sherry responded and said, I know this may seem funny to some of you, but I am terrified of this man. Sherry Easterling, I totally understand. And I'm not surprised you didn't take his last name after seeing all this shit. Tana Mojo also exposed him for some other things before we finish this up. She said that in a Instagram video, 
She said, why is a grown man even discussing her body count like that? That he stalks her for clout and wants to chase her for selfies and wants to be in her videos. He texts her and FaceTimes her to have sex. She feels strange about beefing with someone who is prehistoric and so much older than her. She said that she's seen him put way too much stuff up his nose at teenage parties. Bryce Hall even said that he would be the most embarrassing father-in-law because Bryce used to date Addison. He makes Bryce look like a saint. I swear, Bryce isn't even that bad of a guy. Like, most things Bryce says, I, like, support. Like, I think Bryce is, like, a good person. I think there's a lot of, like, worse influencers out there to hate. Like, Monty Lopez. And, yeah, like I said in the beginning of this, fame doesn't change who you are. It reveals who you are. And it's so sad that this family is imploding and turning on each other because they're, like, competing for attention or clout. And now that Addison Ray has, like, unfollowed them and distanced themselves herself from them, they now have to get attention on their own terms and build names for themselves so they're... They're turning to these big ploys and stunts and PR moves for attention, like wanting to fight Young Gravy and wanting to date Young Gravy. And they're really doing anything to keep the fame that they first got from Addison, even if it means turning on their family. So what can we learn from this? And hopefully what can they learn from this? Don't get so distracted by the fleeting things in life like fame or money or opportunity and turn your back on the people that have always been there for you. Just because you have a good opportunity now and your life is going good doesn't suddenly mean you're better or too good or are moving on up in the world that you can leave people behind that you that have loved you unconditionally and supported you. I wouldn't confuse the people that are always around you for the people that have always been there for you. And that's very important. And I think people can get distracted by that. The fame and the money and the success can make you happy, but it's fleeting. They're vices. They don't last. But family is the thing that will always last and they'll always be there for you and family is everything and it seems like that family has forgotten that so hopefully we do not forget that and we can learn from this literal destruction of a family that we're seeing in front in front of us because it is so sad okay well thank you guys for tuning into pop culture university today i hope you had an amazing time and i'm eating these Pure Protein Cheez-Its. They're like Cheez-Its, but packed with protein. And they're so good. They're only 160 calories for 12 grams of protein. So I just want to tell you guys that because they're literally like right next to me. And I've just been like enjoying them the whole time, like in between takes. But yeah, I'm so happy to be. I was off of my diet for like three days. Not, like not my diet, just like my like healthy lifestyle for three days. And I was eating bad for all my birthday celebrations. But I'm so happy to be back on my healthy lifestyle because I feel like so bad when I eat bad. Like I eat pizza and a lot of donuts and cake and all this stuff. And I just did not feel good. I was so tired. I felt so groggy and just a little bit uncomfortable in my body. So I'm happy to be eating my like protein snacks and salad again today. I'm going to make some salmon tonight. That's what I'm looking forward to. I don't think I'm going to really go out that much this weekend, but... Um, I'll still find something fun to do to relax and chill out. And I hope you guys have a fun weekend. Be wild and out with Nick Cannon, but not too wild and out with Nick Cannon. Like Monty Lopez. Don't embarrass yourself like him. But I know you guys won't. That'd be like literally impossible to embarrass yourself more than Monty Lopez. And listen to Demi Lovato's new album. I literally think it's good and it will surprise you. So yeah, stream Freaky Girl. Nikki wants it to go number one. And I will see you guys on Tuesday, again, rate this podcast five-star Instagram, Spotify, screenshot yourself listening to it, post it on your Instagram story, tag me. And yeah, I will see you guys Tuesday. Okay, bye. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.